Hello and welcome to The Gray Area, where I give interviews with developers, talk about gaming news and reviews, and focus on the interrelationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray and this is the 47th episode in a weekly series called Service with a Smile. Last week's episode, or several weeks ago episode, was the discussion with Tinzian and Cesar about Borderlands and gaming news. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Monday, January 2nd, and today I speak with several guests about their experiences this year with service in gaming. First, let's start with Tinzian, who can help me do the news. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Good. Let's start with news of the week. news of the week. The PlayStation Vita uh, was just released in Japan a couple weeks ago, and the early adopters are reporting problems with their phones already. The number of complaints has risen. Apparently, Sony has an issue that they need to patch to update the Vita, and they have apologized for the issues experienced by gamers, and it's not a very good start so far for them on their smartphone in gaming. They say, quote, Currently, our information center regarding PlayStation Vita, as well as our customer service center, are receiving many inquiries. We apologize if your phone isn't connected straight away. That's their apology from BBC. And they gave several fixes that people could do at home and things things of that nature. But uh, having a system update right the day of launch is not a good sign for Sony. So hopefully they can step it up a little bit and in their future purchases, the, the Vita will go well sort of sounded like they uh, might have known about the problems before released if they had a uh, update that fast. They actually did know about some of the problems, and that's one of the things that people are coming down on them about, because they could have uh, just provided that on their website, rather than having this kind of blow up. Like, like <laughs> people aren't going to notice suddenly when their phone doesn't work. Uh, what? What? I don't know. Not good customer service on their part, but that's what we're talking about today, so we'll see. A new game, Gotham City Imposters, is coming out January 10th for PS3, Xbox 360, and the PC, and has a rating of 9.0. It's a first-person shooter, a multiplayer-only video game. It's set in the DC Comics Batman universe, the one we're, we're used to with the Gotham City games. And this game will be played from the perspective of two different teams. One is the Batman team, and people can dress like Batman, and the other can dress like the Joker. And it's set to be released on Xbox Live Arcade and PS3, or PlayStation Network, I should say, and also Microsoft Windows. And it's playable for eight players simultaneously, and you can customize all sorts of things in it, your costume, your gadgets, and certain gameplay features. Apparently it's really neat visually, and a lot of people are really enjoying the beta, which is out right now. And there are still beta keys available on GameSpot.com. So, what is the news for you this week? Not a whole lot of new games coming out right now. Not a whole lot of uh, new games, but uh, I guess it's happy official release to the Final Fantasy Online game that's been having so many so much trouble over the year, past year. Uh, for the past year, there's been so many technical issues that the provider has been allowing people to play for free while they attempt to work out issues. And apparently the provider now feels that as of, I believe it was either today or the 15th of this month, that uh, the game is now worthy to be paid for. Oh, that's pretty good. Pretty mm -hmm. good deal. Obviously people are complaining there's some problems, and to allow people to play it and beta test it kind of in the live version is neat. Well, this, this was the game that allowed you to play for about 15 minutes a week to get experience, and then the rest of the time you had to just grind on crafts. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I can see there'd be some fixes needed there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in personal gaming news, I have managed to get my 50th Exalted Faction, <laughs> and uh, tomorrow or Wednesday I will achieve my 51st in uh, World of Warcraft. Yes, that is quite an achievement, actually. And beyond that, uh, enjoying the vacation and sortoring my brains out with you. Yes, I'm loving Star Wars The Old Republic. 
some of the things they've done really well in that game, I think, that are different than usual MMO. And I know we've discussed them before, but I think it's worth sharing. Uh, one of the things is when you die, you don't have to regenerate to a spawn point. You can regenerate right there and have what they call a probe sent to you. So on the ground as you're laying there, uh, you have a probe sent to you and you pop right back up and you have eight seconds of time to kind of heal yourself really quick before you're visible to the world around you. Or if you have done that several times, because the wait time gets longer and longer between deaths, I think you start at like 15 seconds and then, you know, 35, I was up to nine minutes on my third death. So at about nine minutes, you kind of want to go back to the spawn point and not wait around for that. But it's a pretty neat option. You can regenerate right there or you can go back to your spawn point. I I did a heroic where mine got up to nine minutes and I made the uh, Sith Sorceress, the Shades, go back to the med center and come back to revive me because they had the ability to sneak through all the uh, bad mobs up to where we were. <laughs> nice. Very nice. I'm just enjoying the fact that I get to sexually harass the heck out of Quinn all the time. Like, my companion is stuck with me. He can't do anything about being with me. He's pretty much in the service of the same Sith Lord that I am in the service of, and just runs around, like, <laughs> getting constantly harassed by my character, and, and just is so straight-laced about the entire thing. It just makes me really laugh. I enjoy having Quinn, uh, I'm not sure quite how you say it, Melvi and Quinn as my companion. He's really fun. And he heals you, and I'm jealous about that. He does heal me, as well as he has a Viber knife, so he can shoot and stab and heal. He's, he's pretty awesome. Okay, off of Star Wars right now and back into our discussion. I want to talk about good things and bad things that have happened this year uh, to us personally and several different people hopefully I'm going to have on for gaming-related customer service. And the reason I'm thinking about this is because I think many people know a couple weeks ago, Ocean Marketing has had a little bit of a publicity debacle, shall we say. And it's been in the news gaming news at least, quite a bit as the story kind of unfolds here. And it made me think about experiences that I've had and some of my friends have had about customer service. So let's, I guess, go over a little bit of what happened and the story of it in case people do not know. A guy called Paul Cristoforo is the PR representative of a company called Ocean Marketing. And Ocean Marketing was representing a company called N-Control, and they make a controller called the Avenger Controller, which is just, it looks like a usual controller, but it has a couple little arms, if you would say, off of the buttons on it, so that one doesn't have to lift uh, your fingers off of the buttons. You can kind of just nudge your thumb over, and it's supposed to increase your speed and accuracy, and it's also very good for people who are disabled. It allows them to game as well. You don't have to have quite the level of manual dexterity to move your hands all over the controller, up and down the way you do, as usual. So this is kind of a really neat controller, and actually something that I was kind of glad to be introduced to because it interests me. But anyway, they are the representative of this company and control who has the controller. Their controllers were due to ship out over Christmas. A, a pile of them were going to ship out over Christmas. And one of the people who had purchased this controller named Dave started emailing Ocean Marketing uh, because he hadn't received his controller yet and just trying to find out when they might be arriving. And a series of emails went back and forth between Ocean Marketing and between Dave that were very bizarre, to say the least. And let me give you an example of what I mean by bizarre. He was supposed to get his customer or his controllers in November, and then it was backordered until December 24th, and then it was backordered until January, and then it was backordered into February. And because of this, he was supposed to, and the others in this batch of orders, were supposed to get a $10 off coupon for this as kind of a, we're sorry that we've made you wait several months. And many of the people who had ordered this had already paid up front for the controller. So not part, but partially, but fully paid for the, for the controllers. So Ocean Marketing is hanging on to their money for three or four months, making interest on this while they're waiting and waiting for their controllers to ship. And then they find out that the $10 off is being posted on the website for anybody who's a new customer. So it's really not anything special they're getting for their trouble. And Dave becomes more and more annoyed as he's getting these short clipped answers from Ocean Marketing, who, who is Paul, and getting more and more grumpy about the fact that he doesn't feel like he's being treated as, you know, a customer should be. And he starts to 
get angry with Ocean Marketing and demand a date for when this is going to be shipped out. And Ocean Marketing, instead of doing like a usual customer service does, you know, kind of being generic with their emails and saying, oh, we're very sorry that this happened. He starts to shoot back at Dave and say things like, you placed a pre-order just like any software title that gets a date moved due to the tweaks and bugs of not being worked out. And GameStop or any other place holds your cash. I'm sure they don't complain to Activision or Epic Games. So you put on your big boy hat and wait it out like everyone else. This benefit is a token of our appreciation for everyone. So there's no one special, including you or any first time buyer. Feel free to cancel. We need the units back. We ordered 11,000 units. So your two will be gone fast. Maybe I'll put them on eBay myself for $150. Have a good day, Dan. And he, he never gets the guy's name right as well. And so then Dave decides to CC the owner of Penny Arcade, editor-in-chief, I guess you'd call him, of Penny Arcade, and the person who also runs PAX, of course, on these emails. So he gets involved with this. His alias is known as Gabe. That's not his real name. It's it's really Mike and I'm not gonna not gonna pronounce this right. Cruaholic, Cruaholic, but his alias is Gabe, and he starts to write back to Ocean Marketing as well. Finally, saying things like, "You know, you are not allowed to be at PAX anymore. You're not a good representation of a person who sells, and I don't want you there." Ocean Marketing, Paul doesn't believe that this guy's from PAX. He doesn't bother to look up his name, and he doesn't bother to do any research. And he starts insulting the guy back. He says, you just got told, bitch. Welcome to the real internet. Check Kotaku in two weeks when we're reviewing free PS3 Avengers and we'll send them, as well as G4 and all the other majors. Don't forget to check Amazon, GameStop, Play and Trade, and he goes on and on, and a ton of other local stores. You're just a kid, so speak for yourself. No one cares what you think, and that's why we're growing and moving twenty to 50,000 controllers a month. And he goes on and on about, he starts to get into Mike's face, uh, the guy from PAX, and you know, says, you know, I know people in Boston where you are, and I'm sure I can get in anytime I want to and all this other stuff. And the second he writes this, Kotaku gets also CUC'd on this, and he becomes a part of this as well, because his name was mentioned. And so the guy from G4, Scott Lowe, instantly tweets that, uh, please refrain from referring to me or IGN as support for you, your company, or your clients. You do not have it. And then Paul from Motion Marketing tweets back, Scott, you're a douchebag anyway. We we sent you how many units for review and how many conversations you were the unprofessional one. And he starts calling names to the G4 guy. And pretty much everyone he has listed as E3, PAX, all the rest of it, they all start tweeting, you know, we don't know you, stop using our name. You know, we, we don't support you, you're a jerk. And, and everybody runs for the hills and leaves this guy alone. And at that point, all of the geeks and people online get a hold of this because it gets published on the front page of Penny Arcade and they start ripping Paul apart. And Paul gets uh, so many hits, negative hits on Twitter that he uh, changes his Twitter to Ocean Strategy and he doesn't spell that right either. He has a lot of trouble with simple words. And uh, and that, that Twitter account also gets hit and you know his Facebook page and his MySpace page are being like everyone's stealing the pictures on them and doing awful things to them and Photoshop and all the rest of this. And finally, he gets late at night. He, this letter comes to uh, Penny Arcade's Mike, or if you want to call him Gabe, saying, "You have the power, Mike. Please make it stop." He writes an apology. I'm, I'm using the apology in air quotes because I think this is a very lame apology. I just wanted to apologize for the way our emails progressed. I don't know. I didn't know how big your site was, and I really didn't believe you ran PAX East. So for what it's worth, I'm very sorry. Christoforo said, Your post has obviously made my life very difficult, and I have not yet slept dealing with all the spam and personal information intrusion, as well as my family being smeared on the internet. If you can please accept my apology and anything you can do to help, if not me, my son and wife, please do. I have apologized to Dave and apologized to you. What else can I do? Please tell me so I can make things good. I obviously care I would not be emailing you. Then... Mike slash Gabe writes back and says, I think there's a big difference between being sorry and being sorry you got caught. I have a real problem with bullies. I spent my childhood moving from school to school and I got made fun of every place I landed. And I feel like Paul is a bully. So maybe that's why I have no sympathy here. Someday every bully meets an even bigger bully and maybe that's me. So he does not stop the PR train that's rolling right now. And the follow-up of this is N-Control has withdrawn its support and also its product 
from Ocean Marketing. They no longer have uh, the Avenger controller as one of their clients, and they've apologized. The end control companies apologized profusely for this, and and basically said they made a very poor judgment choice on picking Paul as their representative in this case. And um, they are also, I believe, giving everybody another ten dollars. I think um, just to and making sure that their orders are going to be honored, and they're doing some other things that are really good, and trying to just basically distance the controller from this guy's negative press that's going on right now. As for Paul himself, he has been holding hostage the email accounts and Twitter and all the rest of that for the controller. And he will not give over the information, passwords, and all the rest of that to the new marketing person who is handling this. And I'm going to try to pronounce this guy's name. Mo- Moises Chulian was, he took over the public relations for end control after Christopher was dismissed. And he is supposed to be now taking care of this, but Paul will not give over the Gmail and he's still writing from their Gmail accounts. Uh, and he says, eight, quote from Paul, eight months ago, I locked down all this stuff so they wouldn't be able to fuck with me. If they don't give me what I want, it's war. And his demands include a contract written on his terms and substantial compensation for as long as the company continues to exist. And he has basically flaunted this as making the company a success and giving him PR that he likes, even though it's negative PR. And he does have control over the AvengerController.com domain and several other uh, things that involve the Avenger Controller. And that's where it was recently. And then just today, there has been an update saying that Reddit has reported since the publishing of Julian's statement, um, Paul has been a lot more cooperative and there he's been suddenly helpful regarding the Avenger Controller. And they thank him for his renewed helpfulness. So hopefully... Uh, Hopefully he's he's turned over a, a new thought on that and decided to cooperate because apparently the saga is over and uh, he does have other clients. And research has indicated, um, I've been kind of checking this out and following it, that there was a previous client uh, before Dave who had an issue with Paul and he was also treated the same way with rude emails back and forth. And that's also available online. You can read that. So he's been doing this for a long time and it's not just one isolated incident. Speaking of Twitter, it's interesting to note that there is apparently another Twitter account, Ocean Marketing or the like, that was getting hit by uh, people complaining to the marketing guy. There was there was there was something where there was already a pre-existing Twitter account for Ocean something. Oh, and Ocean were, Marketing were, without two T's. He spells it with two T's. This must be yeah. the original Ocean Marketing. Yeah, the original correctly. Ocean Marketing, and they're just kind of like, hey, we're a small indie company, we just want to sell games. Hi, no, we're, we're not him. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's just amazing how anyone who can misspell something can temporarily uh, piss off the world if they want to. Well, that's probably good publicity for them because they can say, look, we're not them, but hey, look, we are an indie company. I noticed, I had heard in the story that the Ocean Marketing was picked up by somebody after he decided to close his Twitter account and move to Ocean, Ocean Strategy. It's kind of interesting that, that that went down that way. So what do you think about this story? Because this is obviously like the epitome of bad customer service, which I'm not trying to dwell on the bad customer service, but this is what got me thinking about it in the first place. What do you think about this? Well, this guy got in apparently, according to the news articles, because he claimed to the Avenger controller people that he had contacts within Best Buy and all these other companies that would make make him a valuable source, but he doesn't actually have these. So he was able to get in untried, untested. They had tried to look at his previous client list, and they couldn't get that information. Just the information they do for pre-vetting and checking just wasn't working out, but they still gave him the reins to handle this. So this just sort of shows that all the vetting that goes on and sometimes the sterile nature of the posts that we get from these companies you kind of see what happens when you see the the cesspool portion of if it's not sterile, it's dirty. You get this sort of thing that just makes you tear your hair out for this poor guy that's getting uh, um, slapped around because he did take the time and effort to pre-order to be uh, 
an interested party and he's just trying to find out a date. He doesn't come in with a flame war on his mind. He's just looking for a date for a Christmas gifts um, type thing. So this is just an example of the cesspool. I'd really sort of was hoping that there'd be a story that would be the complete opposite of this story, just to counterbalance us back to that. Okay, yes, I guess a sterile postings from companies is not that bad. Here is a good customer service story. It's not a gaming customer service story, but it's one anyway to help balance out the cesspool of the previous story. A reader, her name is M.M.O. Offit, says, quote, My son had requested a book for Christmas. The young lady looked in the computer inventory to see if they had the requested book, and it showed there were some in stock, still packed. She went to look through the packed books and could find none, and the next shipment was arriving in the next few days. However, the arrival time was uncertain on that. The young lady then called the competition Borders and requested they check their inventory, and she gave me the contact name at Borders and told me to just go to the counter and my book would be waiting. Sounds a lot like the the miracle on 34th Street, where oh, the person playing, right. you know, the Santa Claus is telling them, no, actually, this, this product is over at this other company's and not at Macy's, but if you go over there, it's on the third floor, and the people are just flabbergasted, and it becomes this new trend of all these department stores are going to go tell, you know, who's got what, and they've got these big books now, it's it's... It's nice when people are willing to do that sort of stuff. It's kind of crappy when they get put down for doing that. And, you know, I can kind of see why, but uh, I guess there's a reason why some bookstores are going out of service and some are staying in service. Very true. Very true. I sort of am known to be well behind the track on on many things, uh, one of them being Amazon. I had known Amazon as being a bookstore type service slash you could sometimes get music from it but I was really well behind the times in terms of I hadn't really ever bothered to order anything from them and it just didn't seem like uh, a place that I would go for my video games well uh, at the tail end of this year I started especially because of uh, Star Wars I went and pre-ordered our two copies of Star Wars through Amazon Amazon uh, has different account levels. They've got the Prime and so forth, but I'm just a regular user. So I went through, signed my account back up again, and uh, off, you know, made place the order. I got a notice two days later, um, out of the blue, just a, a, a generic notice, nothing like, we've noticed that you're a new person, blah, 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 here's a special. Just something of a, hey, by the way, um... You did a pre-order, just make sure that you check your uh, shipping options. So I went, oh, okay, well, maybe I've got something set wrong on my account, and, you know, I, I didn't want to lose the collector's edition. So I went in, and they had apparently added an option in for my account, and I know from talking to other people, this wasn't in other accounts. It seems kind of random when it pops up, but I was given a $0.99 cent shipping option that was day of delivery. You're so lucky. And, you know, it, it saved me five, six bucks, but I really appreciate that. I went and click and said, okay, well, I hope this doesn't, you know, throw my accounts out of whack, but clicked it. And they actually had the game to me two days before release, uh, just because they were obviously pushing such an amount through that... Um, such a volume through that they had to get everything out. But it, it just surprised me that one of those little generic emails of just, hey, by the way, you know, we, you know, check this, check that. Maybe I should go back and do that. It actually made me um, impressed enough with the service on this uh, product because I was so worried because uh, Dave Witt, who's been on this podcast in the past, had issues with his SOTOR order yes, and some other things. Yeah, we'll be talking about that <laughs> I actually transferred all of my pre-orders for Mass Effect 3 and a few other things that are coming up in the next early six months of the year, of 2012, over to Amazon instead of going through Best Buy or another vendor because they have so far, between a couple books I've ordered, this software, and um, just general responsiveness, if I've had questions to their email, 
they've actually managed to get me in as uh, someone using their service. I'm not a Prime member. I don't see the need to pay the $80 for it. But for what has been there, I've been really impressed with. Good. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with the fact that mine arrived the day of uh, when I needed to put the code in. So I, I wasn't late, which was good. And, you know, it arrived the morning when I was expecting it. And I've never had like a late delivery from Amazon. I've always liked them. And I was pleased to see that mine was still listed. <laughs> we will talk to Dave about that later. Something else I think was a good customer service story for me. Uh, Star Wars The Old Republic when you go into your account on their webpage or if you go into um to log into the game and you're not on the usual computer that you use, they ask you several security questions and you fill them out. There's five of them. You fill them out, the answers, uh, when you create your account. But I had created my account and it was a couple weeks ago. And one of the questions was, what was your first car? And my first car was an Isuzu iMark. And when I was writing it down... I, I know that I wasn't sure of the spelling of Isuzu, so I wrote it down as best I could. Um, and of course, you know, didn't make like any kind of hard copy for myself. So when they asked me that question, I went to log in, I could not get in because the spelling was wrong. I tried to email them and, and for these particular security questions, you couldn't email, you had to call. So I had to call them and a nice lady from Australia answered and we had a really good conversation where she was able to pull up my account really quickly and she's laughing too because I spelled it ridiculously. There was no way I would have been able to guess that and was able to reset it for me. And, you know, I even asked her some things that I know were not part of her, her job. She was basically just to deal with those customer service, um, questions on the, the, uh, the security questions. That was really all she was supposed to do. But I was asking her things about my pre-order code and all this other stuff, and she was giving me information that was extra. So I was really pleased with the way uh, she took care of that. And for the holiday season, um, I've been really impressed this past year and going actually uh, back to 2010 with the Steam service. They like to present things in a way that makes you engaged in your library of games or sometimes what I call my pile of shame. I have so many games <laughs> that over the years I, I've, I've wanted to play. I haven't been able to play either due to time or due to, you know, finances at that moment. But Steam has this nice way of putting those games in my face um, at a very reasonable price. And yet they're the, the good part about Steam is they're not dicks about it. They're not like you have to buy this now or this game is never available again. They've actually realized their customer base does thrive on sales. And sometimes the difference between a $6 game and a discounted game, $4, they must make so much volume go through their servers in terms of purchases and keeping these old games alive as well as selling the new games and so forth. But I just, it's, it's, Steam is sort of my advent calendar for the holidays because they have those <laughs> Steam sales. I don't buy anything, um, but I like to go and look at the sales every day because, oh, I remember that game that was $40. It was earlier in the year for the Black Friday sale. It may have been $6, but wow, Steam's doing it for $3 this week. Okay, that's neat. It's just sort of this random shuffle bag if you never know where they're going to go, but in the past, I've had issues with account lockouts or security question issues. I've always been able to get someone very quickly to respond by email, and they've always been very nice about it. So Steam has managed through a combination of tactics to make me uh, one of their clients that really before I started to get in and start using them, wondered what the, is the purpose of this, because I, I like having a physical copy of game in hand. Um, so that way in case steam ever goes away, I'd have something, but they've really done this nice ability to bring me in and understand and appreciate, uh, the electronic download and, uh, DRM management that isn't in my face that steam uses. On that note, there are certain things that are guaranteed to kind of annoy you about those two things. 
on Steam. And one of the customer service complaints that I've heard this year and also read about on Opposable Thumbs regarding kind of touching on Steam is that a lot of people are annoyed that they have to set up an EA account to play a game on Steam because it adds that extra level of complexity where they already have a Steam account with a Steam password. Now they have to have an EA account, which is an origin account. And then it's like a certain layers and layers of registration just to get to a game. So that's something that people have complained about. And the only complaint, I think, about Steam, that and the next, which is the DRM you mentioned. And I'm going to actually read a little quote from opposable thumbs on that because this is something that uh, certain people have had trouble with um, most notably rabbit and i'm going to play a little clip from his incident on this This first Dummy Head Award goes to Steam, specifically Steam's online service. As people know, I am currently homeless, and so I have to play my games, you know, that are connected to Steam in some way, in offline mode. And there have been a few times where it gave me this dumb error, and I said, this can't be right. This error must be just a glitch. There must be something wrong. The error in specific is when I am not online... You know, I'm, I'm somewhere where I can't get online or otherwise uh, hiding at night and, uh, you know, there's not a wireless nearby. And I want to play my game because, I, I you know, in, in said time I may have uh, the freedom to do so. And it says, uh, you know, I can't play in offline mode. The error says something to the effect of, I cannot proceed with this operation of, you know, starting offline mode because I'm offline. So basically this error says it can't start offline because it's offline. Apparently, and I've spoken to customer service a few times about this, and they recently responded, you have to be online to start offline mode. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. I can understand going online and installing the game, you know, and requiring people to be in online mode to install the game because that way they get the newest patch and you know, it verifies your ownership. But requiring them to be online to start offline mode is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Now, granted, you only have to do it once, and then until you go back online, it's in offline mode. So if you're if you're like me, or you're a student behind a firewall, or whatever, and you, you play online on Steam, and then you say, okay, go into offline mode, then you're good to go. You can You can play in offline mode after that. But if you happen to forget, you're, you're screwed. There's nothing you can do until you can get back online. So in those times when I have been, you know, safely tucked away at night but don't have, you know, wireless connection I want to play, I can't, you know, unless I've remembered to say go in offline mode or just, you know, always keep it in offline mode. So that's the, the first Dummy Head Award goes to Steam. I hope they fix that because... It shouldn't give you an error that you can't start offline mode because you're not online. It should just say, oh, hey, I can't go online. Would you like to be in offline mode? That would be the smart thing. Okay, a very good point by Rabbit there. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. This is actually called Customer Hostile DRM. And there's a bit in Opposable Thumbs I'd like to quote as well. And the quote is, PC gamers openly attacked Spore when it was released with activation limits, and and they go off to diss Ubisoft, so I'm not going to read about the dissing over and over and over of Ubisoft, but what they're saying is uh, Diablo 3 will also require a persistent internet connection, and Blizzard's Rob Pardo agrees it's kind of a pain in the butt. Quote, I want to play Diablo 3 on my laptop in a plane, but well, there are other games to play for times like that, he told, he told 1UP. And just so we're clear, when you're bored on a plane, you have your laptop, and you want to play the game you bought in order to fight boredom, Blizzard's official recommendation is that you play someone else's game. That's pride right there, he says. To be honest, though, the Steam DRM by itself is very um, unobtrusive. It's EA adding the additional bits for the origin requirements that 
Steam doesn't have control over, and that's part of the reason why they were having such a fight, and most of the Origin EA catalog was taken off of Steam. I see. Diablo 3, though, with Blizzard, I don't understand why they have to have a persistent internet connection for that. I mean, I guess because it's an MMO, technically, that makes sense to me. But there are several games that have come out recently where you have to have, like, that internet connection, and there's no reason. It's not It's not an online world where you're playing with other players. It's an individual single, single RPG game where you could just have, you know, your game log in every three days and just confirm that key or, or whatever it needs to do. You know, unlike Diablo, which makes more sense, like I said to me, because it is well, with, with 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 Diablo, it's they it's a first person shooter that where they're allowing for the first time to make a real life money auction house. So they need to make sure and verify always that the the accounts have not been modified to dupe a thousand crazy items that are worth $100 on this auction house. So part of it is them continually keeping their uh, financial interests or books in the clear so that there's not a way that they can get audited and find that you know someone did actually game the system and took everyone for a ride, but also for the fact that they're probably going to have some sort of ladder system for competitions online because most people are going to play through the single-player game relatively quickly, but then they're going to go and do the online multiplayer, which I believe has other loot or is generally in the past, I believe, with at least Diablo 2 was um, more loot, different experiences type thing. Uh, type of situations. So there needs to be this level playing field that's constantly maintained by Blizzard. I can understand if you need to be online to access the auction house. That makes sense to me. But why isn't it an optional item? I mean, why can't you just play and not have access to the auction house unless you are connected to the internet? I, I can understand why you would need to be connected, but... Because they want to be able to account for how every single item was on your account was created or generated so that way you don't show up when you connect to use the auction house with again with a thousand of these items that are you know super super rare i thought they had built-in security systems that kept tabs on things like that where you couldn't just you know dupe several items and and have it get through warden i mean wouldn't warden trigger that warden is online requirement uh-huh. That, that's why the MMO for World of Warcraft, you have to be online. And this is a variant of Warden, but there'll probably be a degree of that program in there as well. But this, it's all relies on, because if, if it's offline, you can always hack around the offline portion and do stuff. So they just, with everything that's going on here, there's just so much exposure. They just need to make sure that their checksums match everything and they can dot every T. I mean, dot every I, cross every T sort of thing. Okay, that makes but sense I, to me. But I, I kind of I think that while they are saying go play someone else's game for those portions, I think it is a rather ballsy but realistic interpretation on Pardo's part going, look, you know, we'd love to play it too, but here's what we have to do. So instead of saying, hey, you know, we are the best game out there or best game company out there, just sit there and twiddle your thumbs... He's like, you know, we have to face reality. There are other games that people can play offline. And I sort of think that he's kind of comfortable in that because as soon as someone gets off the flight and gets to a hotel room or is where they're going and they want to play, they'll be able to connect. It's a uh, mode of transportation that does not allow um, Wi-Fi connectivity in an easy, easy manner. Some airlines are going to be adding Wi-Fi, some have, but is it stable enough uh, to use for an no. online gaming session no. down the line? So the inherent mode is not Blizzard going, ha ha ha, we want to screw with the people on the plane. It's they understand that there's nothing they can do about it. So if somebody else can fill that niche, good. But they know that when someone can get access, they will be able to get access to the game. And that's what they're going to play. Okay. So I, I I don't take his move as being um, him being a dick or anything like that. I I sort of see him as being a realist. Very nice. Okay, I think we are going to go to Dave Witt here and uh, 
talk to him and see what his Amazon story is. So thank you very much, Tunzian, for helping out today and sharing your stories. And uh, you can contact him at Tunzian on Twitter. Thank you very much for having me on. You are very welcome. A little theme music for our friend Dave there. Okay, and now we're going to talk to Dave. And before we get into customer service stories for you, let's uh, see what you thought about the above story about mar- ocean marketing that I had said at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> holy crap. That's that's the only thing I could say. This I hadn't heard anything about this until you mentioned it to me. Okay. And I just read it and... This is just completely, this guy is, this guy is completely out of control. I don't, I don't care if he had a, 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 a friend that overdosed. I don't, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. As it always, as they always say, you don't take your personal stuff to work. Right. You know, this is completely and utterly out of control. I just, I, uh, wow. I just. I'm just beside myself at the ignorance of this guy and he, and he can sit there and, and the thing is he, and, and as you stated, he's done this before. Right. So first time. he's obviously not going to change. I mean, he, he'll everything it, well, it may change. He probably isn't going to be in business much longer. Well, I didn't um, give you the follow-up. Did you, was it in the article that you had? The follow-up was just today. Um, previous last week, he is holding the domain hostage for the uh, controller and also the Gmail accounts and everything else because End Control has hired obviously a new, a new represent- PR outfit. Yeah, a new yeah. PR outfit, and he won't give the new PR outfit any of the uh, passwords or anything else to the well, stuff well, that he's had. Well, guess what? <laughs> End Control is probably copyrighted, so he can hold it hostage however however long he wants to. It'll end up going to court, and he'll end up having to pay a whole shitload of money, and he'll end up having to turn it over anyway. Because I've seen this exact same thing happen with this outfit in Champagne, hmm. and if it's if if it's actually, I mean, if it's his ocean whatever outfit that he was calling himself, that's his stuff, and it's it's no, the, it's AvengerController.com. Exactly. If this is something that belongs to somebody else, he's got zero leg to stand on, and they will just go, oh, oh yeah, by the way, that's ours. Thanks, <laughs> and and they'll just take it right from him. So he can sit there and play, go in his corner and pout all he wants to. He's got nothing. And I just loved how, and it's like, like you said, he got called out on this. I mean, his, his, his whole response to this whole thing, I'm not asking for any, anything. I'm not asking for any sympathy, just for some understanding and forgiveness. I'm human, just like blah, blah, blah. A lot of personal internet spam, blah, blah, blah. I ask you to please accept my apology as peace offering and I'll refund your money, blah, blah, blah. Please help me to get some of this negativity removed or at least my personal name, although it's already all over the internet and the calls and emails will not stop. Yeah, he's only yeah. apologizing because he's, he's not apologizing. tired. Yeah, he's, he's tired not apologizing. He's, t- he's tired of all the crap that's getting, that he's getting drugged through. And he's, and he's like, oh, yeah, I apologize. By the way, help me get rid of this crap. Right. And, well, <laughs> tough, buddy. That's when you want to say, you could have helped me get my controllers. Yeah. (laughs) At day one. Yep. Exactly. This is just, uh, this is, it's, it's hilarious and extremely sad at the same time. Very true. Well, in light of this, I'm going to read you a happy customer service story involving games to, (laughs) we're going to try to counterbalance the, the nastiness of that one. And I'm going to quote from, Kengu Chia, who says, Hello, everyone. I'd just like to sing a little well-deserved praise for David and the rest of the crew at Clever Mojo Games and Game Salute. Here's a little summary of what happened. Apparently, he got this Alien Frontiers, which came out a few years ago, on Kickstarter. Uh, it was the first printing of it. And when he opened the box, there were several of the fuel tokens uh, had gray paint over them and somehow had been damaged. 
And because he is very particular about that, he emailed David and asked if he could get a few new fuel tokens. And David told him he'd be mailing him a whole new set of fuel tokens free of charge. And when he emailed him back and said he just needed a, a few, he said he was going to give him the whole set just to be safe. And that's the kind of attention to detail customer service that he utterly respects. Yeah. And fast forward to last week, he said he's played three or four times due to his busy schedule and managed to free up some time to play with his friends. And he took out the game and to his dismay, his board had started to warp and the board was bending and popping up, he said, and it wouldn't lay flat. And so he emailed again to David about a replacement board. And this again, he told David told him he'd be sending a new board free of charge. And now it's a new board sent from the UK that he got. So this co- this company was making things right, which is very awesome of them and good customer service. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, it all goes back to a situation like this. I mean, when I worked customer service for about seven years, when I worked for a hobby distribution uh, place in Champaign, and you always got people that well, not always, but there was a good chunk of people that would call in just completely and utterly ticked off about something and you just had to put yourself in their shoes. I mean, sure. A couple of the people that I dealt with were just completely out of control. I mean, one guy threatened to have his brother-in-law who worked for the Connecticut state police come arrest me (laughs) because I wouldn't replace his airplane, um, which just made me laugh. And I ended up transferring the call to my boss at that point anyway. But I mean, there's, but for the most part, I mean, I always got real, I always had really, really good luck with, with with customers and stuff and i mean sure I, being that i worked in the industry and i knew that there was problems with stuff i mean sure for the most part we were told don't don't tell anybody if this is if you know this is a problem blah 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 we, people aren't stupid customers <laughs> are not stupid they're going to know and you can't sit there and lie to them because it'll just tick them off and i there was numerous times where i just replaced people's stuff with i'm just like yeah i know sure sorry you know i didn't say yeah we know it's an issue you just apologize to them and say sorry and and i just replace out their unit or whatever they had problems with Mm -hmm. um but i mean the 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 worst the absolute worst thing you can do is find is get somebody that's just utterly ticked off and you get that one person and they turn into dave and it's game over. <laughs> I well, mean, people just want to be heard. I mean, when you yeah. are when you're dealing with a company and you buy something or, you know, they're above you in some way and they have something that you want, there's nothing you can do to get it. You have no power in that situation. You're just, you know, trying to buy something and you're one of like millions and yeah. you feel like you're not going to be heard. And so that's all I think anyone ever wants when they talk to you know, a cust- a service company like this is just as, yes, we hear you. We understand it's a problem. We're very sorry. Let us do something to fix it, you know, rather than just, well, you know what? We're big and bad and you're just a little dude. And we don't care. And that's yeah. pretty much the way this was handled. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, I mean, you can't, I mean, you may have every customer in the world, but as soon as you get that one that turns into a situation like this, like me, for example, I read that. I would never even consider buying anything from that idiot. Ever. Yeah. yeah. But I just, mean, I don't care how many times he apologizes. <laughs> you, no. You, you, you're you done. Sorry. Well, you should uh, be aware that he has nothing whatsoever to do with the Avenger controller. And it's very sad. No, I know. He's just a distributor. Yeah. Well, it's very sad that a product like this, which is to help people that are, you know, disabled game, uh, got this horrible rap. Because, you know, this guy has done such a horrible job with his his public relations. I mean, if you go on the websites for Venture Controller, they're getting like one star of five, which isn't fair because the controller is not being rated on its performance. It's being rated on the fact that people are pissed off at Paul. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's the thing. I mean... He he's he's obviously the well, like yeah, he's obviously the owner or or one of the big wigs for this outfit, and yeah, I mean, he is the marketing director. He, he's the yeah. owner. It's his company. Yeah, I mean, so he's obviously he's done. There's no uh, this is obviously all over the internet. So I mean, there's no think, going though, back. I mean, do you think he's done? Because I'm reading stories about similar situations where. You know, 
little individual is harmed, you know, little individual strikes back, big company goes and is forced to apologize. There was an incident in Australia recently where this, this very thing happened. Big company apologizes on the news, little person gets settlement, and then two months later no one remembers the story at all and big company goes on to continue doing whatever they're doing. Well, that's the thing. He's not a big company. He obviously is just a distributor of, of certain things. I mean, by he's by no stretch. I mean, he's not like, I, I don't know. I, I shouldn't say this. Just from reading what it looks like, it doesn't look like he's. A, he's not a, Best Buy. A, yeah, yeah. He's not a huge <laughs> company by any stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, if this gets out there and enough people like myself don't buy from him, He's done. The controller outfit that makes the controllers is going elsewhere. Yes. So they'll. So people will just go, okay. Well, he's not selling them anymore. And even even so, they would be like, well, we're not buying from him. We'll go direct or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's there's all kinds of ways around it. But I I don't know what else this guy sells. I mean, he obviously can't keep a domain name or keep a, a Twitter, Twitter account or or Facebook name or anything like that. So. He's he's going to get hammered to the point where he's just going to end up having to stop because people ticked off about this stuff. I mean, I don't go ape shit and go nuts like these guys do, but I mean, there's idiots out there that do nothing but sit around and harass people on the internet, <laughs> and that's what they're doing to this guy. And they're like, "Ooh, he changed his name." Well, tough, uh, you know. So. You should see their site, which is very funny. Um, it, Ocean Marketing, and it has uh, on it a quote at the very top, and it says, Your brand is no stronger than your reputation and will increasingly depend on what comes up when you are Googled by Alan Jenkins. And that's very ironic, don't you think? That's- yeah. That's that's crazy. <laughs> that's, wow. OceanMarketingInc.com. Yeah, OceanMarketingInc.com. Service temporarily unavailable. It's 503 air, so it's it's gone. I don't see this guy making it out anytime soon. And I well, mean, just I hope that's his, the case. Yeah, I mean, just with his attitude and stuff like that, he uh, probably shouldn't uh, change careers to be a to be a used car salesman. That's for sure. <laughs> Should not market anything. Yeah. Well, exactly. Let's move on to your own stories. I know you had a negative experience with Amazon. Hopefully you've had several good ones with someone else and not just negative experiences this year. But why don't you tell us your Star Wars The Republic story? And then- uh, oh, yeah. I uh, pre-ordered uh, Star Wars, as you know, pre-ordered Star Wars Old Republic Collector's Edition on Amazon. And I got in, I mean, the day that it went on sale. I mean, I went, as soon as I got to work, I logged in and pre-ordered it. And it was on. I, my pre-order was accepted, everything. And, I mean, it was just in a matter of minutes. I sent it to the guys across the room, sent the link to the guys across the room, and it already sold out. <laughs> so, I, uh, so I, I mean, I get all the pre, uh, pre-order confirmation emails. I get all the codes. I get all the stuff that comes with the pre-order. And then one day it just disappears out of my, out of my uh, cart, you know, out of my pre-order list. I'm like, well, what the hell? So I message him. I email him. And they're, uh, get on their, on the Amazon has an online chat thing. And I'm sitting there chatting back and forth with them. And she's like, oh, yeah, the uh, pre order, um, uh, Electronic Arts. Now, this is like kind of torn between Electronic Arts and Amazon because Electronic Arts cut their pre order of the collector's edition in half. So anybody that got in past the half mark got their orders canceled. Amazon didn't send out an email saying, hey, you know, sorry, our bad. We had to cancel your order, which they should have done. I mean, I've had issues with uh, uh, customer service issues with Amazon that have been fantastic. I mean, I ordered a, uh, a digital camera and it came in and was acting goofy. And I got on their chat and told them about it. Next day, I had another one. Okay. I mean, it's their their Amazon's customer service is really good, minus that one little glitch. EA, on the other hand, shouldn't have they they did the whole Nintendo. Oh my God, we're sold out! You know, this game is going to be huge because we can't keep stock. You know, just the way they did with their the whole Origins thing, which is completely asinine. You don't run out of digital downloads. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sell out of digital downloads, which they were claiming they sold out of, which was the biggest joke that I'd ever heard when I saw that. But I mean, as soon as as soon as 
the uh, order shipped, the uh, uh, collector's edition order shipped. Mm-hmm. Amazon had them, and they're, they're in, they went right back in stock. Oh. Well, see, and, if you, did you get the code, you said? So you could have yeah, technically the, played the beta? Yeah. I got all that stuff. Oh. And I was just I was just so ticked off at EA. I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to mess with it. <laughs> and just and then I heard you. guys, yeah, I heard guys at work saying that, oh, you can't log in. It's taking forever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to mess with it. So, and then when everybody got it and started playing it, they were, I was like, oh, fine. <laughs> so Have you I went played? Ahead, oh, yeah, I've been playing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I find out you've been sneaking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I actually I actually broke down and got the collector's edition, so. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it. I sh- this wasn't an issue. I I mean technically it kind of was an issue with Amazon. They should have sent me an email saying, "Hey, Electronic Arts canceled half their pre-orders or whatever the excuse was. I don't know. Just send me an email saying, "Hey, your order was canceled." Don't just let me sit there and go, "Oh, wait a minute." Yeah, Where'd because it go? if you didn't know, I mean, you would have been very surprised when you went to. You know, Get maybe it. put your code in or suddenly the day of and your grace period expires and you've built your character up this whole time and you're expecting it and then bam, like Yep. That would be very exactly. upsetting. Yeah. So but yeah, so I mean it's it was a it was a toss up between between EA and Amazon on that one. Mainly I think a lot of it I think a lot of it had to do with EA. I think EA was trying to make People think, well, damn it, I didn't get in on this, so this must be huge. So well, as soon as I see another copy of it, I'm going to snag it before they go out of stock. Uh. So, which is what Nintendo is notorious for, like when the Wii's came out and and the Nintendo 3DS and all that stuff. When those all came out, people were snagging them up right and left, and stores were out of stock on them. Well, it wasn't because Nintendo didn't have stock. Nintendo was just shipping out little little bits here to here and there to make people think, oh my god. These things are hotter than hell because I can't get one. Mm. You know, so it's a clever marketing ploy, but annoying yeah. to your customers. Exactly. Yeah. So. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, there's your yeah, negative always, experience. Did you yeah. have any good ones this year besides your camera being restored to you? Um. Nothing that really jumps out to me. I mean, there's been. I mean, I've had uh, issues with uh, mainly because everything that I order is ordered through. Uh, Amazon for the most part because I've got Prime and I get it in two days. Usually, well, I get it in a day because usually it's a one day turnaround. Okay. But one of the big ones, one of the big negative ones uh, from this year happened uh, just last month. And uh, it wasn't with me, but a friend of mine had this happen to him and uh, a couple of his friends. And that's uh, the whole uh, Best Buy orders canceled. Um, the people ordered stuff as as far back as Black Friday, and some even later, longer than that, a month and a half before Christmas, and to find out two days or three days before Christmas that their orders were canceled and they weren't getting their item. What? And what did oh, they you order? No, I didn't hear about this. Anything like my friend ordered uh, Bulletstorm for the Xbox 360 for eight dollars. It was eight dollars on uh, Best Buy's website, and he ordered it to pick up in store. And he went to get it, and they, they claimed they didn't have the order. And uh, when he went to get it, uh, he, he was like, what, why, don't, why, is, why don't I have this order? You know, what, where, where is it? You know, I pre-ordered it. Here's my confirmation number. Where's my stuff? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that, nor- that order was canceled. And he's like, because you didn't have stock or what? And sure enough, they had stock. The stock was in the store. Best Buy just canceled it. Why? And I th- it, because I, they, they didn't... Co- nobody's ever came out and said, I mean, Best Buy caught 30 kinds of heck for this. I mean, they've actually come out and and said like what they did was, I mean, this, this goes back, not even Dave's $8 uh, bullet storm game. We're talking people that have bought 15, 16, $1,700 TVs. Right. Or I mean, it's right before Christmas. Yeah. I mean, this was every, this was everything across the board that the Best Buy was just like, nah, well, you orders canceled. So when <laughs> when they found out about it, Best Buy was like, "Oh, you know, sorry, you know, this happens, and and we can't we can't uh, supply all this, whatever their excuse was." And people are like, "Oh, hell no!" And it just blew up bigger yet, and it got to the point where Best Buy came back and said, oh, "Okay, our bad. You know, we'll go ahead and ship your ship your stuff, but you won't receive it until probably early mid January." 
Mm. And people are like, oh, nah. Right. They're like, we're going to go elsewhere and buy it, you know. We, we're not going to wait. We need this for Christmas. And it got to the point where Best Buy came out and actually said that not only were they going to ship the customer's item, they were going to give them a refund of the full amount. Ooh. So, like... So, if you bought a $1,500 TV... You got the TV and 1500 bucks. Uh, oh. Dave, like with his uh, Bulletstorm game, it was eight bucks. He got sixteen dollars. Um, so, I mean, they they kind of came out only just like this jack bag. After they caught thirty kinds of hell for it, they're like, "Oh, maybe we should probably fix this." Yeah, you know, and and even some people have some people have said that. They they won't go back to Best Buy. They're like they they. It, it, oh, I, I should I should say the fifteen hundred dollars wasn't a refund. It was a fifteen hundred dollars credit. credit. Of course. So so yeah. I mean, some people are like, look, we're not even going to buy. We're not even going to go back in there and buy anything, you know. And I mean, that's just another one of Best Buy's numerous. Yeah, they've been complaints. lots of complaints I mean, about them. Yeah, there's all kinds of people can't stand Best Buy, and there's. I hate Best Buy websites and all kinds of stuff. And it's, I mean, it, it all goes back to you cannot piss off your customers because you'll turn into Circuit City. Yes. I mean, Is and, that why they closed, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, because they they were constantly ticking off their customers. I mean, a friend of mine worked at the one in Champaign, and he said they were notorious for, for just crapping on their customers. And... It, it got to the point where people just weren't buying there. Plus, their stuff was so overpriced. Mm-hmm. I mean, Best Buy is high, but Circuit City was always much higher. And I'd go in there just to look around. I'm like, wow, I can't believe this place is still in business. And then <laughs> when they closed, I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense. Makes sense. I always walk around Best Buy and look at things and kind of think to myself and, and have to restrain myself from telling the people that are shopping in there, you can get this online for 20 bucks cheaper. You can get oh, this I online for 20 I do that. Do you? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> people like, come in there, they don't know anything about electronics. And then, well, you know. A prime example is today my cousin or my uncle um, called me. And he, the other day he was looking, he, he was wanting a wireless printer. And I told him to, to get one. And he went to Best Buy to get one. And he goes, and, and I'm putting the ink cartridges in. He goes, well, what's that? And I said, it's the ink cartridges. He goes, what? I said, it's the ink cartridges. He goes, well, why the hell do I need this? And he hands me new ink cartridges. I'm like, you don't need that. <laughs> He's like, the guy at Best Buy told me I couldn't use it without these. I'm like, the guy at Best Buy is an idiot. I said, <laughs> you don't need ink cartridges. There isn't a printer that comes out that doesn't have ink cartridges in it. <laughs> and 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 so he, I mean, it's just, I mean, he was ticked off because of that. He goes, now I have to go up and spend my time exchanging or returning this stuff. I said, yeah. I said, that's or just hang on to it for like three months until your ink cartridge runs. Yeah, out. well, he, they're not going to be printing that much stuff. So, but still, I mean, you don't you don't tell a customer yes, you have to have this stuff when they don't need it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just sixty five bucks that he spent that he didn't have to spend. Absolutely, and that's expensive. And, yeah, and that's what I, and that's what he said. He goes, I said that was sixty five bucks you didn't need to spend. He goes, that's exactly how much it cost. I said, yes, I know. I said ink is expensive. And, and that's why I told, like I told him, I said, I buy all my ink online. I said, you get it for half that. Hmm. And, and. Something to think about. I have an Epson printer here. It's got a scanner and I, I loved it for like a month after I bought it. And then I said, you know what? I'm going through ink every month. I'm going through all four colors and I just can't afford to own this printer anymore. Yep. I'll send you a link when, uh, after the podcast is over where I get all my stuff. It's, it's 12, cost me 12 bucks for ink. <laughs> So, yeah, it's, but yeah, I mean, you just can't, I mean, and, and, and so, okay, maybe this kid was new and he didn't know. You don't, you don't put a kid or, uh, or anybody for that matter on the floor without letting them, without proper training, letting them know that, hey, you don't have to tell a customer they need this ink. Or look at the box because I'm sure it says. Yeah. I mean, which, okay, my uncle didn't do that until we were sitting at home. He points at the box and he says, look, includes ink. I'm like. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah. you just, I mean, not only, not only should the, the, not only does Best Buy need to step up, or, and I mean, companies in general, I mean, you got to make sure that your customers are happy, but the customers all need, always need to be on their toes too, to make sure that they're not getting, getting janked around and stuff like that. I mean, like, 
like Dave in this email and stuff, I mean, he was obviously getting, getting just screwed. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, he did the right thing by, by calling him out on it. But, uh, well, he just happened to get lucky enough that some of the more widespread media outlets like Kotaku or Penny Arcade picked it up because what, what do you do when you're just regular Joe and, you know, like the guy maybe two or three years ago that had this happen with well, Paul, you know, and you yeah. don't have that big site to back you up and spread it everywhere. Well, yeah, but he emailed the guy uh, at Penny Arcade mm-hmm. with, the, with the whole thing. And that guy was like, um, look, you know, he is a booth at our, that are, that are PAX East. He goes, I, I'm not standing for this crap. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, he, he was awesome enough to say, look, you know, we don't need this idiot's 1200 or $1,500 or two grand or whatever it's going to cost him to have a booth there. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd, we'd much rather have happy customers than have this jack bag sit there and cause problems, you know? Yeah. That was so, nice of him to stand up like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, whole new respect for Penny Arcade. <laughs> there you go. And now... Like I said to Tinzian, I've discovered a new controller, which I'm kind of interested in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. So, some good came out of it after all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, anything else you want to talk about before I close here? Um, not really. Okay. That's pretty much it. Good. All right, well, thank you to Dave. You can find him online at Dave Witt, or you can listen to him at geekbits.net. And if you'd like to leave some feedback or keep up with the news, you can find me on Twitter at Gray Area Podcast, at Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast, or on iTunes. If you have any gray areas in your relationship or just need a new perspective, email me your questions, advice, or suggestions to Gray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode.